This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now that I've lost everything to you, say you want to start something new. And it's breaking my heart, you're leaving Maybe I'm grieving But if you want to leave, take good care Hope you have a lot of nice things to wear But then a lot of nice things turn bad out there Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild Good afternoon, evening, morning. I suppose it doesn't matter what time it is for us, because it could be any time for you. Uh, welcome. Jerry DePoto to... never sleeps, <laughs> and so we never sleep. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> welcome to the Lookout Landing podcast. My name is John Troopin. I am the deputy managing editor at Lookout Landing. I am joined by Kate Prusser, my friend and managing editor. Uh, and we are doing a quasi-emergency. We, this is like the, it's not 911. What's the, what's the one where you're supposed to dial? 411? Like, yeah, four, we're 411-ing. Uh, this is your 411 podcast on the Mariners' uh, rebuild. Um, we've got a bunch of major moves this week and another set that we're 
pretty much expecting at this point to come sometime in the next week or two. And we we wanted to have uh, a little chat about it. And we'll, we'll have more to write. We'll have more to say uh, in the weeks to come. But we... Uh, Kate and Matthew Roberson, staff writer Matthew Roberson, had a podcast earlier this uh, this week before we knew the new details of the uh, now seemingly all but assured uh, trade with the Mets, and we wanted to get back in here and, and talk about what we think with, with some more details, some better details, some weirder details. So... Uh, so, Kate, let's let's dive right into it. Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz, and it a sounds like of once money. a shit ton of money. Uh-huh. It was, it did sound like $60 million, and then it sounded like less, but maybe some money. Uh, and now, according to the most recent thing we've heard, which could be completely out of date by the time you're listening to this, probably sometime in the weekend... Uh, Jeff Passan uh, of Yahoo Sports uh, has related that it sounds more like the, the, the dollars will be somewhere in the $20 million range, which is what we were initially thinking would make sense, would be a fair sort of I mean, the, mo- <clears throat> the monetary values in this have flipped, like, <laughs> like it's been like Bitcoin, like, just up, and it's down, and it's up, and it's down. It's 60, it's 40, it's 80, it's 30, it's everything, it's nothing, and it's just, it's very whiplashy to try it's to follow been, along with. I mean, Kate, you've, you've lived on the East Coast. I've never lived Ooh. on the East Coast. People talk a lot about, like especially the New York media, but even just in general, the East Coast sort of media as being, you know, especially, I mean, you know, essentially when you go D.C. and North, you, you know, you're Boston, you're Philadelphia, yeah. uh, you're New York, it, that it's a different environment than you get on the West Coast, that the West Coast is sort of a more chill environment. I would this say... has been madness. This has been yeah. like people stumbling over themselves to get a scoop that they're then just knocked over backwards trying to walk back i mean what this has been just an absolutely ridiculous week of of rumors that have yeah (laughs) i mean dissipated a lot of this is um the mariners front office is famously tight-lipped the mets front office seems to be the opposite of that um or at least uh, the beat reporters as you said have some kind of like you know extended inspector gadget type shit <laughs> extendo ears harry potter bullshit where they're standing outside of <laughs> offices i don't know what's going on but mm-hmm. they seem to know everything um we know some things but yeah, uh, we, and and we, in new york we got, we got some info we, we got some things no. but like in new york it's a real it, it is a race to have the loudest voice, I think, and to be mm-hmm. first, because it is such a competitive media environment. Like, mm-hmm. there are just so many eyes, there are so many outlets, and so you want to kind of be on top. And I think we've seen, we ha- we didn't really have this with the Paxton deal, I think, because it, like, kind of came together quickly and happened quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, that deal, like, it made sense, and, like, everyone had kind of been talking about that deal in roughly yeah. the format that it came together in for months of like if 
the Yankees are going to trade someone, it will be Justice Sheffield, their starting pitcher who probably will figure it out, but they don't want to spend the time figuring it out. Uh, While they're with, in their window of contention. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, and everyone knew the Mariners were going to move Paxton as soon right. as it became the retooling, you know, has bled. <laughs> Reimagining has bled into retooling, <laughs> has bled into like Jerry DePoto showing up at each of our houses and personally jackhammering around in like your living room and stuff. Like just... Oh, your your treasured childhood memories? Nope, out. I'm I'm trading those, <laughs> trading those two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that partially. So partially, it's the New York media, but we didn't totally see that in the Paxton deal. Partially, mm-hmm. what we're seeing here, I think, is after declaring Edwin and Haniger and Marco Gonzalez were going to be part of the next core. Unless he was blown away. Ah, you gotta read the fine print mm-hmm. with DePoto. You gotta read the fine print. <laughs> Those trade wins, Kate. Those <laughs> trade wins. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I guess blown away is um, either three top 100 prospects or two top 100 prospects, and we convince you to eat all of or a significant million, portion right? like of 60 this. 60 million, Yeah, ha- half of, basically, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's half of what's owed to him. Yeah, effectively. And and so, I mean, if you are somehow listening to a podcast from us without knowing the details of yeah. the, the, the rumor deal is <laughs> if to you're, finish it up. If you're listening to this from the space station, <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're aboard that little We're, Mars rover that they just put out there. You uh, are in a... A draconian military state that yes. allows podcast downloads, but not Twitter uh, or the Seattle. And you've used all your free articles from the Seattle <laughs> Times, and you don't know about incognito mode. Let's break some news for you. Uh, the Mets likely return. Uh, it, it seems almost impossible that the players involved are going to change at this point. I don't it's think possible. so. You you don't think so? Okay. I don't so I, think I, I don't I don't think so, and I have some intel that this is as far as like what the people who are low enough in on the ladder to talk to someone like me know. Like this is, and you know I mean. Oh, stuff you mean can go, you mean it's not going to change? Not that you you're you aren't refuting what I was saying. Oh, yes. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I just wanted to make sure. So yeah, so we yeah the the players involved are are it's pretty set. Yes, I I mean yeah. that is okay. and and I mean pretty set. You were dealing with maybe two of the more loose cannon GMs in the league <laughs> with true. Jerry Depoto and Brody, Brody. Van Brody Brody Van Wagenen, which Wait. I I still refuse to believe is a real name. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and I mean, maybe I think that these are two dudes who are audacious and not afraid. Mm -hmm. And if one of them was like, what about Malik Smith? What about Malik Smith? I could just see them. (laughs) The image I have is the two of them sitting like across a card table from each other with a bottle Mm -hmm. of like, like not good liquor, like not a liquor that we would know, like something weird, like Rocky, the pure, basically. Rocky, uh, Albanian oh. Everclear is is oh. how I know that. It's, um, it, uh, the uh, when I was in Turkey, I was scoffed at that anyone would drink anything less than Rocky. Ooh, <laughs> so. uh, 
I used to teach Albanians and in the Albanian mm-hmm. community. And when I went to someone's house, I was offered, I think as a joke, uh, a little tiny shot glass of Rocky. And, you know, I went to take it because I wanted to be polite. Mm-hmm. And uh, and somebody, one of the moms came rushing over and she was like, no, no, no. This is not for girls to drink. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was right. like, well, I'm 24 and I'm, I'm going to do that. Oh, man, just that uh-huh. one thing. I have never, um, like, lowered my mouth to a gasoline pump mm-hmm. and then lit a match but that's what that tasted like oh right. yeah it, it is, anyway that's what they're yeah. pounding shots of at their uh, at their card uh, table <laughs> they're just waiting to see who blinks first uh-huh like that scene in which of the which of the uh indiana jones movies is it where the woman is is just out drinking narrowly out drinking just pounding shot for shot um so the Mets will be sending uh, their first-round pick from 2018 this year, the eighth overall pick in the draft, outfielder Jared Kalenic. Uh, Kalenic. Kalenic? Kalenic? I think it's okay. Kalenic. It's not like okay. Kalonic. It's not like I a... I Kalenic. I know, but that's too close to Kalonic. It's Kalenic. What does Kalonic mean? Is that something bad? <laughs> it's a it's a Kalonic. It's like a, it's like a colon. It's like an enema. Oh, this similar. To, I mean, it's it's not. It's <laughs> having to do with the colon. Yes, I see. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's. This it, is anyway. upper having to do with the Kellen. The, uh, Jared Jared Kellenick, pride of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Waukesha, Wisconsin. I'm gonna oh, hit you with boy. Waukesha. Waukesha? Is it yeah. really Waukesha? It I'm is Waukesha. Sure it's Waukesha. I think it is Waukesha. But I like Waukesha because you can get. No, that's no, that doesn't sound right. You're right, Waukesha, Waukesha, Wisconsin. <laughs> this is oh me taking God. back some authority. <laughs> yes, that's that's fair. I mean, yours is like a a place name that could be made up, and mine is like an actual medical procedure. So I still think I have the upper hand on this fair. I'll, speaking I'll see, English I'll see thing. That. I'll see. <laughs> um, uh, yes, Jared is. Um, uh, I can't be. I'm going to be very upfront and say I cannot be objective about this trade <laughs> because he was my favorite prospect in the 2018 draft. I and an outfielder. You know me. I love pitchers. Mm-hmm. I like catchers. I, I I don't usually love an outfielder. You're a hit tool. A, a um, woman after your I, own hit. Tool. You know, you know, I love the hit tool. And I love the hit, hit tool. Command. I do, and and that's, I mean, that's Kalanick. He's a, f- a true five tool player. The question mark is on his power, but in a year, barely, and barely. and yeah, I mean, if you had to put a question mark on him, other than mm. he's nineteen and he's a prospect from a cold mm. weather state, um, which was some general poo pooing that went on on Twitter today. From some of the, the prospect wonks, <laughs> like oh, you know there hasn't been a very good track record. And I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. It's a it's a dangerous profile, but it he is. is. It's extremely high risk. It's extremely high reward, though. And I just feel like I love everything about him. I love his makeup. He is a bulldog. We have this very funny, conflicting stories about Jared, where I watched the. I fell in love with Jared at the perfect game all-american classic um in august of 2017 Mm. he was not one of the most highly 
like hyped up guys. I mean, mm-hmm. he was still he was someone they talked about. He was someone they featured. But, you know, there was a lot of attention being paid to some of the big power pitchers and Nolan Gorman, the big power prospect, who's just tearing things up. Um, and Kalanick was sort of, you know, he's, he's a question mark because he's from a cold weather state and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and I just, you know, he, he made this amazing catch in the game. He battled really hard during his at-bats. He had a good feel for hitting, I think, a good sense of the strike zone. And then on top of all of that, he was like featured in some of these interviews and he was just like a guy who clearly loves the game, but also kind of nice and like down to earth. And the Wisconsin <clears throat> nice. He was, he was, and I don't think it was an act or anything. It was like genuine Wisconsin nice. They were talking mm-hmm. about like social media and he kind of was talking to the other prospects and he was like, I don't know how you guys were going to interact with me. Cause you know, you're big names and I've heard your name before and I don't know if you'd be cool, but then you're really cool. <laughs> and then there was like this mm-hmm. moment where he was like, I just really look up to that and admire that. And there was this moment where everyone was like, ah, oh, thanks man. Like that's, that was nice of you to, which is, it was just a cool moment. And he was kind of, um, it just made me. It made me really like him. And then in his uh, when he got when the Mets had the press conference and announced him, and one of the first things he said was like, "Ooh, we went out for breakfast, and uh, I got two eggs, and it was like twenty bucks." Can't I can't believe the prices in New York? <laughs> like, ah. <"Aw." laughs> and I don't. It's homespun, but I don't think it's put on. You know, like he's very sure. real in his mm-hmm. draft day video. He was talking about how. He loves romantic movies, and he sang Devi Lovato, Demi Lovato. Like, yeah, I mean, a relatable nineteen-year-old. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, someone uh, who's like kind of not afraid to be himself. But yeah. anyway, that conflicted with your encounter. I was like, what a nice kid! What a <laughs> what a what a good good person! Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, that was not my experience because we both kind of got interested in him then around the same time. And yes. Then he was being mocked to Seattle and some of the some of the mock drafts. I know Keith Law had him going to us at 14 a bunch of times. So you you and, and tell tell us about what you found in your <laughs> reconnaissance of <Yes>. Jared <laughs> Kellenick. Uh, so uh, the majority of I mean I I loved seeing. Uh, Kalanick, uh, just, I mean, he's really big for a high schooler. Like he is, I mean, like he on that, uh, advanced nutrition shit that they got some of the other, yeah, you know, and like he is, I think, I think he's like slightly older for a high schooler. He is. is one of the things they noted. So that, you know, like you should take that, I guess with a grain of salt, but like he trains with JJ Watt. His dad built this like big indoor complex for people in cold cold weather kids to work out at and jj watt works out there so he worked out alongside him which i thought was kind of cool yeah like i mean this this kid is intense he is serious about this Uh, the quote that i found when i was looking this up that you know it like i don't know that this necessarily personally endears me to someone but definitely makes me think oh you have a lot of what you (laughs) might find to be successful in the professional sports, mm-hmm. was, I, I think the quote here was, I don't like to lose. If I'm playing you in checkers or chess, I'm going to beat you. Bad. I'm going <laughs> to bury you. That's something to take pride in. Just this last game, we're up by one. Do we really need one more run in the last inning? Well, I'm going to score because I want to bury you. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that is that is 
you know, whatever that maybe you know, it's it's bravado, it's a lot, but I, you know, it is the type of intensity that, you know, when you are playing professional baseball, I think we we see a lot of people, you know, it's selection bias that a lot of the people mm-hmm. who make it to the majors are these insanely intense people who are often very much. My life is baseball. I do because minor league baseball sucks. Yeah, you get you paid know. nothing. But <laughs> blessings on his head. But good old Bo Branton, our uh-huh. Stanford grad draft pick this year, who originally mm-hmm. had a job at Disney, got <laughs> hit by a few pitches in Modesto this year and was like, "I'm out." <laughs> he yeah. voluntarily retired after the season. Yeah. Like mm, one season of pro ball, <laughs> good enough for me. I, yeah. I can now always say I did this and exit stage left. Yeah, exactly. So I think Kalenic is obviously, or Kalenic is obviously the centerpiece and legit. I mean, oh, like wait. legitimately uh, worth being excited about. What did you want to say, Kate? Just that as far, before we move on from Kalenic and mm-hmm. kind of part of what I wanted to say about this is, so obviously on draft day, we watched, him get taken, not <laughs> not at fourteen by the Mariners, uh, but at number six by the Mets, um, which was high. I thought he might go in like the nine range, mm-hmm. somewhere eight nine. Like still not up to us, but um, mm-hmm. I wasn't anticipating he would go quite as early because he did have like a little bit of a fall off. It was a particularly harsh winter that year, mm. and uh, he was just a little slow getting back. So I thought scouts might ding him, but they did not. Uh, and the Mets apparently just loved him. So, but that's the kind of prospect that, like, because the Mariners have for, basically since the advent of Cano, been not good enough, but also not quite bad enough to really pick in that elite talent, like the one to five, one to eight even range. Um, They just haven't had those draft picks. And so we haven't Mm. had these kinds of guys who, okay, may may or may not, like the the return rate on first-round prospects is shockingly low. Like, after you get past first overall, second overall, the it, it drops off precipitously. Yeah, there's, a, there's a very steep I – mean, you can even just track it just purely by statistics. I mean, it, it is a mm-hmm. steep curve. Yeah. So I'm not even saying – I have personal very strong feelings about the possibility for Kellenic to be successful. Yeah. Um, but just as far as like having a prospect like this in the system, it's something Mariners fans won't have had since like the Ackley days. Not mm-hmm. to raise very un- you know, I mean, we're talking twenty. Yeah. What was that? 2011? 2011, 2012, 2013. I mean, that was yeah. all time of like the thing to be excited about is in Jackson or is in Tacoma right. or is in you know further further away i mean that was the time of rookie ball you know cerberus you know i mean it was the time of hulson paxton walker you know it was the time of montero and uh you know dj peterson Uh, yeah i mean dj peterson even later but like still that same you know that that same era of the the prospects are co- upcoming and going yeah. to continue bolstering as opposed to 
everything is here now and you know it just wasn't enough to <laughs> what, right. what was there now didn't end up being enough and it, it was close it was close multiple times and it just didn't end up being the case no yeah. so i mean what the mariners have basically done in this deal is buy themselves an extra first round draft pick which in a lot of ways i think makes up for that those years where you finished and you picked at like 15 and at 20 and at 18 um, because they were always like not quite as pathetic as a lot of the other teams, but certainly not bringing us anywhere close to a playoff berth. You know, 2014, 2014, we were close in 2016. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of. 2016. Anyway, you, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just been, both, both are close. it's been years of getting, close but no cigar and now it's like okay we're gonna well and truly just suck here for a while so (laughs) the farm is gonna get we're gonna sell everything off the farm is going to leap i think it's already leapt out of last place up to like mid-20s would you say yeah i would say mid-20s right mid-20s i think is fair just Mm. with the paxton trade the Mm. zanino trade um this is going to vault it ahead again i think to like I don't think it would be overstating it to put it in the high teens. Yeah, I'd say I'd say mid teens. Maybe. Oh, but... I wouldn't say mid teens because I think they were saying we would have to then do a Hanager trade in oh, order you, to get you, up to. You meant like the like closer to the twenties, not like... yeah. I mean yes, closer. Yes, I think yes, yes. after Sorry. this I'm, goes I through, after this goes through, will be high teens, and then going on further from there, it's going to be. You know, hopefully just inching closer and closer out. Not that prospect rankings and farm system rankings are be-all, end-all. They certainly are not. But, uh, mm-hmm. boy, it's going to be a pleasant surprise not to be, like, the system everyone dreads writing about. Yeah. And everyone has to, oh, oh we're going to use a good place. Why did I make you meme to begin this? You know, everyone's trying to find their funny little entree to talk about how much we suck. That gets really tiring. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really <laughs> nice to be on the other end of that for a while. Yes. And uh, Kellenick is the kind of prospect that we just, we haven't had a top 100 since Tyler O'Neill, right? Uh, yeah. I guess, did was Nider or O'Neill traded less recently? Uh, Nider was traded after O'Neill, but I Although don't Nider, know. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, Nider, I think. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, I think like he would have been at the end of year. Yeah. He was traded. Nider annoyingly so when, when also did, went to the Rays, Marlins. Or Marlins. Yeah, and uh, and kind of blossomed. So that yeah. that's fun, too. That's fun. Uh, fun and good. <laughs> anyway, the fun. other... The other so, obviously, Kalanick is your headliner in this trade. Uh-huh. Um, but a man does not live by a toolsy high school outfield prospect alone. Uh-huh. At least not when you were giving up baseball's best closer so what else is coming back uh well we are getting a pitcher uh right-handed pitcher in the form of a guy named justin dunn um justin dunn is a uh rather exciting uh right-handed pitcher who was a first round pick in 2016 he uh he has uh, three different, I would say, above-average pitches. Usually, well, 
depending on how you categorize a fastball, but four-seam fastball and a two-seam fastball, or I guess more of a sinker, and then a good slider and a changeup that took a ton of uh, a big step forward this past year. Uh, Which essentially, is very a guy exciting. who yes, I mean that's it's it's the sort of separating factor in between him being a guy who a lot of people pegged as ultimately being sort of a Sergio Romo, extremely dominant against mm-hmm. righties reliever, but limited because of only terrible platoons exactly. and terrible platoon splits. Too, yes. Right? Um, and, and sort of shifting now towards having decent numbers in double a, um, in his for you know, in, in sort of half a year after getting promoted and, and he's 23. Uh, so a, a lot of folks pegging him for number three to number four starter, which, you know, I mean, that's essentially what you, if you want to think of that, that's sort of Marco Gonzalez is a, mm-hmm good number three starter uh you know so you you want a t- if you have a, a, a batch of pitchers like marco gonzalez you know you can go really far especially if you have a good offense and good good position players. now so john I, re- I read a comment on our very own site that mm-hmm. claimed that marco gonzalez is a three for the mariners i think he's actually probably a two but he would be a five in another system. Um, I feel like that is uh, <laughs> I mean, inaccurate, was, unless that I, unless I, that's the the uh, <laughs> Mets rotation, maybe. I I think he would be a number five for the Astros. He would be a number five for, for the, the Astros Cleveland. as 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 they were last year, right? Like yes. before yes. before the departures and free agency. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean. Mark Gonzalez was one of the 25 best pitchers, starting pitchers in baseball this year. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it like he could be the number one for some teams. He's going to be the number one for the Mariners, unfortunately. Yes. But, uh, you know, but in terms of what you what you would expect production-wise, you know, and that continues to change. As, right. As the, platonic, the platonic ideal of a number three starter yes. in a yes. not-too-good system or not-too-bad system is Marco Gonzalez. At least it's 2018 Marco Gonzalez. Who knows? Indeed. Who knows uh, what a Marco Gonzalez without Mike Zanino catching him looks like. But indeed. that's a question for a different day. We'll see. Or at least indeed. a different part of this podcast. Indeed. So back to Justin Dunn. Sorry. So I mean, Dunn is—he's you know, not—he's not the—he's not a headliner, but he's—he's he's clearly a player who could very easily develop into, you know, an above-average major leaguer. Uh, and you, you, there, the potential is there. I mean, there—you know—he's. He's he's a worthwhile player. He's sort of what you would call a top two hundred guy, and maybe fringe top one hundred. And the closer he gets, more he will someone who will more get into the top one hundred on proximity, uh, but still, you know, still very very useful. Um, Which the Mets pushed him to Double A this year after he repeated High A Mm -hmm. um, for the first. Part of the season, mm-hmm. uh, 45 innings at high A, and then another 90 at double A, where his numbers don't look great. Um, no. Primarily, the strikeouts are still there, which is a really, I think, encouraging sign. Yes. You know, the ERA obviously and, and the blows up, up some. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's, that, what's interesting? I, to me, I think I've seen a... a little bit of a of a trend in some of the Mets pitching that we've looked at and mm-hmm. another piece of this this 
podcast that we'll have to talk about another piece of this return, which means I have to figure out how to say his name. Jerson Bautista? Uh, Jerson? Like person? I have, I have heard Jerson. That, Jerson. that is what the Mets Jerson. minor league announcers said. All right, so Jerson so uh, they are beyond should the not have been at the at the major league level this year. Should not. Ooh. Should not. 23 years old, no control. Anyway, we'll get to him. But I have noticed the Mets are pretty aggressive with some of their pitching prospects. I don't think in our system on this particular timeline, Justin Dunn pitches in double A this year, but I so I wouldn't judge him too harshly by those double A numbers is what I'm saying. Yeah. And like most, I think a lot of it is pretty positive. Like, I mean, like you said, like, I mean, like you're a starting pitcher who threw basically 90 innings and had over 10 strikeouts per nine had a nearly 28% K rate. Like, that's... That's really Very good. strong. I, you know, and the the issues he ran into were that Sep, he's, I think, had some issues with pitching with runners on base, which is not... Uh, has not always been his strength, and so it'll be interesting, certainly, to see if that persists. Uh, I hope it does not, obviously, but... Um, and hopefully that's something he can iron out in AA or in triple a this year uh i I mean i guess he would start in double a and then probably move up to tacoma there's just no rush to get him higher nope but uh i say put him where you have your best pitching coach or the pitching coach he gets along with the best yeah so i i think probably basically because we can we can sort of tie tie a little bit of a bow on on this and then uh move towards the, the other trade and then some questions um, you know, this deal lends itself towards, uh, you know, guys who will be in the Mariners will really, really, really work in the Mariners window and will also, um, you know, you have significant potential to do, to do big things, but, but are going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Which is uh is kind of what we're here for. It's kind of what mm-hmm. we're here for. And um, like I said, I said this with Justice Sheffield. Mm-hmm. I will say this with Justin Dunn, who I think, <clears throat> I think command wise is more polished than Justice. Um, I think it's important to remember yes. that Justin yes. Dunn went to college. He is a Boston mm-hmm. College Eagle. So we now have two of those in the system. We have him and Johnny Adams. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but so Justin Dunn was born in 1995. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And is going to be so fun as the prospects get younger and younger, and I get older and older. Clinic uh, isn't born in the 2000s. So <laughs> that's, that's narrowly, you're narrowly dodging that. Uh, so justice, justice. Sure, sure. We're the same age. Uh, Justice is born 1996. Might as well be to Jared I mean, yeah, we we are both. I would be so excited for you to talk to one of these guys and have them regard you as an old. It would it would really just brighten my day. Um, okay, so Justin Dunn is born 1995. Justice is born 1996. Obviously, we've seen a lot more of Justice Sheffield, but he's still... He doesn't have college. Like he's uh, he has the bonus of being developed by the Yankees for the last couple of years. But 
he's still a project. He's a project. Mm -hmm. Dunn, I think, is less of a project. And then this third piece that they got, nobody else likes. But I'm sorry. He throws triple digits. Mm -hmm. He just can't control it at all. Even a little bit. And that is, this is the piece that hasn't totally been confirmed yet, but it's, I'm going to make another go at his name, Jerson, with a G, obviously. Jerson Bautista. Uh, Good. He's got a G. Mm -hmm. Uh, 23-year-old reliever, right-handed reliever. Out of Dominican, right? Mm-hmm. Signed as a as an international free agent, mm-hmm. uh, who looks like Edwin Diaz with like who looks like Edwin Diaz wearing a poor Edwin Diaz disguise, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. just sort of like longer and blonder hair and like a bad like a bad goatee sort of situation, mm-hmm. um, and looks like like has Edwin's body type and throws kind of Edwiny yeah. with a lot it, it of doesn't, it doesn't have the movement. But it, it has no. the velocity, and, and I think the issue with Jerson has always just been that it it's not – the command. The command is the not command. there. The command. She's not there. because what a miss because it's 100, but it's, you know, it's tough. But time, so. he had a particularly punishing home run rate, didn't he? Did he not? He did, yeah. And I don't think – like, you don't need to really worry about the major league numbers in terms of, like – what what you're what you're seeing from Gerson. Um but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's he he's he's not nothing. He's not a complete No, a he's complete. not, but when he when it was announced in the Slack there was much sort of I believe Connor said that he felt like he wanted to vomit. Um <laughs> Well and I think part of that is right like what we were comparing it to yes because all you fools thought all you fools thought they were going to give up what's his face mcneil god he has a boring name jeff his name is jeff jeff mcneil can you have a more boring white man prospect name than that jeff mcneil yes the most generic creative player name ever jeff mcneil um, who is i think probably kind of important to what the mets want to do this year and Uh, of all the the Mets fans, I was surprised by the amount of prospect hugging that there was, and gen- mm-hmm. not so surprised about Kalanick because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I love him, but um, yeah, there was there was some intense huggery, and McNeil <laughs> was very very hugged, and I was like, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get both these guys. I just didn't see a deal where like they gave up both those players and Mets fans didn't just run down to city field and light <laughs> it on fire. <clears throat> so I never had that expectation, which like when McNeil was dropped out of it, it sort of didn't really change my feeling on the needle. Yeah. Um, I do wish that they, they could maybe get something a little bit better than mm-hmm. Something that is an extreme project. Like, he's just such a project. These numbers at every level are just a terrible project. Okay, he doesn't have a huge Homer problem. He just has an extremely bad walk problem. Oh, yeah. Everywhere, all the time. (laughs) With Uh everything. Like, has never had lower than, like, a three-something in any significant stay. So... Uh Woof, that's bad. <clears throat> yeah. But, but there's, I mean, if you have that raw stuff, like, look how much they tried to do with Chiago and 
Uh, he's still hanging on in there in the, the White Sox system, you know. If you throw 100, you, and you can figure it out eventually, I mean, you will you will have a long, long career. It just it depends on if you figure it out. And it's, it, you know, it's the kind of profile it's worth taking a risk on. Like, they yeah. have the time to let him try and figure it out. Like, yep. why, you know. They have the resources. So, They've got DeLunas and his, you know, special magic pitcher box that he puts <laughs> the pitchers in and, uh-huh. Uh, jiggles the handles on them and mm-hmm. come out fixed. So I, I mean, I don't hate it as a big upside play. I wish that mm-hmm. there was something, something with a nice, safe, like back of the rotation starter. Like, mm-hmm. where is my nice, safe? I'm so tired of writing up people and being like, well, if he figures it out, he's a front line. But if he right. doesn't, he's a reliever. Uh, yeah. I just can't, please. I never thought I would be begging for like a safe high floor from Jerry Depoto. That's what I'm begging for now. <laughs> <laughs> we have overcorrected so far in the other direction. Um, but I think Jerson is more interesting than a lot of people are. Are I? I would say that I am higher on him than most people in general, just because you know it's kind of fun to look at a intriguing lump of clay and be like well what can they maybe they can do something with it mm-hmm. but that does kind of come back to is this return enough mm-hmm. is this return what we would get aside from all the money changing hands you know are these three prospects enough to prize away edwin diaz it's hard to say, right? I mean, the the idea is that you would be able to, like, the idea was that Edwin would be enough to really kickstart a rebuild, and I don't know if that was ever true. I, you know, maybe that just was a pipe dream, and there was never going to be a market for it, but. You know, it it felt like, at the very least, that Edwin could bring back two or three or two top 100 people and a little bit more. And in a sense, I mean, that's what you're getting in this deal. And you're getting rid of Robinson Cano's, some of Robinson Cano's contract. Yes. But I, I guess the issue is then... If you could have done that, maybe you could have done more. Like that—that's really what what we're left with is like, could the Mariners have gotten more if if they had been willing to eat more money on Cano and then pair just you know either like pair Gene Segura and uh, you know uh, Edwin Diaz or just send Edwin Diaz out himself. So that's. You know, it's so tough because it's just going to linger on it, like, one way or another. Um, but it's it's just like this is this is the frustrating part about rebuilds, and it is the frustrating part about seeing players with so much talent, and and especially for you and I, and for everyone at the site, like we spend a lot of time trying to get a sense of all the possibilities because we don't want to be caught you know off guard Mm -hmm. by something and and not have you know not have something worthwhile to write up and share but 
it it means that a lot of the time you'll you'll really get a strong sense of what you think would make sense or or what you want to have happen and you're not by and large going to get that to happen so i i do think at least for you and i who both loved kalenic or kalenic you know it it's not ideal it's it's a it's a bummer to see that you're you're losing diaz and the best thing that you're getting back is a couple solid prospects you know one of whom could really have superstar potential and most of all just getting rid of money that hopefully will then be reinvested the next time the mariners are competitive but yes it is it is the end of the era of the mariners trying to compete with this unbelievably exciting and recognizable core it is and i think that Because by now, with every return, we've been like, does that feel like enough for Paxson? That doesn't feel like enough for Paxson. Does that feel like enough for Diaz? That doesn't feel... Because there are guys, to an extent, and, you know, is anything ever really going to feel like enough? I mean, and honestly, if it feels like enough, the other team is probably giving too much, and it's a bad trade scenario. Any trade scenario should be a little bit painful for both sides, and... Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing that hilariously with two of the more melodramatic fan bases in the Mariners and Mets. You know, the Mariners, you have just years of complete downtrodden people who are just used to everything going badly for them all the time, because it has. Um, And then with the Mets, you have a recent history of success that is not so much fading into the rear view as, like, Mets fans are hopped like a bullet train and are speeding away from it. Like, with just the general confidence of the <laughs> feeling of, like, the will ponds, or as I've seen them called, the coupons, which I thought was clever. <laughs> that's, <pretty laughs> that's good. That's good, that's right? pretty good, man. Yeah, well, that's... And, Mets I mean, fans, like, they got a lot of time to do that kind of stuff. That's fair. Well, and, like, I mean, what would, what would you think if, you're, if your team made the World Series in 2015... And then, what, missed the playoffs every year since? And has has looked increasingly out of, uh, out of, out of kilter, I guess? Yeah. I, I mean, w- you have the Cy Young Warner. They're, they're, they Felixed Jacob DeGrom. Like, yeah. uh, in a way, I think Mariners fans are uniquely positioned to understand the suffering of Mets fans, so... Mm. Um, maybe, and I'm telling this to myself as much as anyone, we should be, take it easy on them when they get very screamy on the Twitter box. Um, they're just, they're processing a lot. They're going through a lot. Um, I think the other thing that kind of positions the Mets uniquely is they're looking at the Braves start to pull away. I mean, the Braves already pulled away, but, and they're trying to see what they can do to keep a little bit competitive with them before the Braves and their like super soldier farm system just march up and down the NL East and blast away everything in its path for a while. Because I think that's where we're headed eventually, right? Like all the Braves are going to come up and they're just going to destroy everything and Acuna is going to be like a mm-hmm. an all-star every year and um, Tuki, Tassan, and oh gosh, who else? Kyle Wright, who... I don't know that you're going to be able to prize him away for anything. I mean, uh, Max Fried, who would be our number two starter, probably. Uh, yeah. It was a reliever for them this year. Like, that's how ridiculously loaded their 
system is. So I understand this from, I think a lot of people, a lot of comments I've seen have been like, LOL, Mets, what are you doing? Um, I see what they're doing. Like they're, as, as you pointed out, Robinson Cano, who is largely being discussed like he is a, a tire someone found on the side of the road. <laughs> oh my God, what am I going to do with this piece of garbage we have to haul around? It's like, mm. that, that's not a tire. Like, that tire is attached to a, a pretty nifty little scooter that mm-hmm. uh, would have zoomed <laughs> to the front of your player, your position player FWAR this year, friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Prorated over an entire seat. I mean, you know, it's just, it's bizarre. I know that the contract is bad. I know the back end of the contract is bad. But we've watched Robinson Cano for five years. We've watched him defy the odds. Like, mm-hmm. we've watched the kind of work that he puts in. Uh, we've watched how he, you know, ah, Cano dogging up the line. We've watched how careful Cano is with his body so that he can keep going out there and being a productive player. So I just, I thought that was bizarre but it is it, it it's a way to get the Mets much better very quickly I think for the next year if not two years if not maybe three years mm-hmm. it it makes sense it's I think it's risky for both sides but it but it makes sense right. for both sides especially if the money ends up being in that 20 to 30 range right so. and what we need to say now is that <laughs> uh, we heard about this deal on Friday morning. We spent all day sweating it out. No, Thursday morning. We spent all day sweating it out. Today, I woke up fully expecting to see the deal done. Here it is, Friday night in Seattle. Nothing has happened. Um, so, one interest. Who know? There was a point where I was like, "Who is this falling apart? I don't know." And you know, you can't tell from what the beat writers are saying because they're all saying seventeen different things. But one thing that was interesting, and Tim, staff writer Tim Cantu, pointed this out, um, was that right about the time where someone tweeted the talks had slowed down, this Phillies interested in Segura Diaz thing came out, and I was like, "Ooh, odd timing mm-hmm. on that." little pressure mm-hmm. being applied to the Mets. Um, because honestly, the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, not a one of them is perfect. All of them could use some combination of the players that the Mariners have to offer. And I I love Kalanick. I want Kalanick more than anything else, obviously. <laughs> <clears throat> but I love the idea of like just kind of playing them against each other and being like, oh, are you going to let Philly get away with this? You really want to finish third in the division this year? So I'm all for like play them against each other a little. See if you can get some of that money talked down or another prospect thrown in or, you know, just use it to put pressure to get the deal done. Because at this point, I just want it to be over, honestly. Um, well, one deal, I, I, we're going to bounce to yes. questions here. Cause we, wait, we've got, got a lot we, of questions. Wait, we did? But, uh, oh yeah, we got questions. We got questions? I, oh yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you listeners for giving yeah. us questions. 
It was very nice. I can't believe we got questions. Um, we were both convinced we were not going to get a single question. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll tweet it out just in case. <laughs> yeah, All I figured, right. I figure we can. Well, we can shoot. I would not quick. have rambled for so long if I knew we had questions. Why didn't you tell me we had questions? Well, I didn't want to interrupt. <sighs> you were on a roll. You were, you were I was, feeling yourself. I was. I was. Uh, I was, I was. And, and we, can, we can bust through a couple of these pretty quickly. Our, our right. fir- first question from Matt Sims at Matt underscore. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Were we going to talk about the Colomé deal? Oh, well, yes. I think <clears> we're, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in the questions here. Okay, all right. We, we Perfect. got a question about that. So. Um, well, then just cut all the of that from, out. From, from Matt Sims, any chatter on a Seeger trade? Uh, we pretty much have not heard anything about uh, any, any moves regarding Kyle Seeger. We heard that – I'm sure the Mariners have talked to teams about it, but – um, there's there's not a great fit for him. The only places that really, I mean, a team that would be taking him would be a team that's trying to win now, and that would typically be teams without third baseman already, and there aren't many of those. So you're looking at maybe the Cardinals, maybe the Phillies, and either of those teams, uh, you know, you could just as easily trade. You know, they might just as easily, at very least, want to see how the Manny Machado market sort of shakes out how Mike Moustakis's Marcus shakes right. out. So I think the Mariners keep Seager for a little bit. Uh, are you are you in agreement on that, at least for this year? I am on agreement. See, well, see him perform better. I mean, I don't know. Better. If, like, somebody pounces on Machado and, like, let's say it's the Phillies, and then the Braves are like, wait, what do we have going on at third base? What do yeah, the Braves it, have going it on could at happen. third base? What it is could. who's the third baseman for the Atlanta Michael Braves? Franco. Oh, uh, mm, real rough. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. I mean, that's that's yeah. I mean, that's not a now that I think about it, a terrible fit. Um, yeah. And again, I would want to see Seattle just munch, 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 eat up Seager's contract. Mm-hmm. Get in that tasty. <laughs> yes, and uh, and get us some real prospects back, but. Uh, who knows? They might treat it as a salary dump, which I think is the most disheartening part of some of these moves is just seeing. I mean, it'll remain to be seen and it's tough with the with the potential Diaz Cano trade because we won't know that they will in good faith in good faith reinvest that money in the team until several mm-hmm. years down the line. But uh, I mean, shedding money is such a such a kind of yucky look. Yeah, it's Being a, it's cheap un, is it's, a yucky it's look. A, <laughs> it's an unpleasant one from a fan's perspective. Oh, yeah. I don't know who is going to be playing for the mm-hmm. Mariners in 2019. I think this new catcher, Omar Narvi, Narvaez? Narvaez? Narvi. Narv- We're going to call him Narvi. Narvaez. <laughs> that, is a, that is a name that you can... Especially because we also have Dean Navarez, who is also a catcher. Yes, we had the same thought, which I, yeah. tells me that you and I spent run in the same run in the same so. prospecty circles. Dean Navarez has some. What is the proper term for very large forearms? You call them like cables. Oh, I don't want to call them can. anything that's like poop sounding, <laughs> like logs. Why are they? They're all gross. No, I don't. We need pipe. Those. That's tear. Yeah. yeah, maybe pipes. Is it? Mm-hmm. But they all sound terrible. No, pipes is not no. pipes. Don't 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 go pipes. No. Okay. All right. No. Oh no uh, no, no no! I should not. That um that Matthew posting that that Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> the DM slide just popped into my brain. Nope, nope. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, Kel- Kelenic also has some very big forearms. And this yeah. was my favorite Twitter at- interaction. That's where you get the speed. From the forearms? That, that speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, I mean, he, for 19 or whatever, they are huge. And I had posted a picture of it, and somebody was like, ooh, you got to call a doctor to look at those arms because they are pretty veiny. And this mm-hmm. nurse was like, mm, I want to put an IV in them. And I was like, I guess when you're a nurse, that's how you look at everyone. Like, <laughs> She was like, gorgeous veins. And I was like, that's cool. It's weird yeah, it's, to me, but it's also it's cool. It's 100%. Very it's strange, very strange I'm gonna say. <laughs> to look at a picture of a prospect and be like, wildly mm, uncomfortable. I want to stick an IV in them. Like, yeah, mm. but you know, uh, nurse, I'm sure that this is something that nurses understand, especially yeah. as somebody with tiny little baby spaghetti neat veins that are hard to find. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway. Way back to um, ticket prices. The Mariners should yes. be paying us to go to games in 2019. End of rant. I, I can't remember what I was talking about. That's okay. We got more questions. Okay. Uh, um, we'll go to. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna just for for time's sake. We're we're going to answer some of the questions, not all the questions, but I do want to touch on one. Uh, we have a question from Josh Barnard. At Barn Doggy, Barn Doggy on Twitter. Hi, Josh. Um, Josh has a great question that I, that I think we we are going to touch on on future podcasts. Okay, uh, but not uh, not go quite as in depth on on this reaction one. But it, the question is great, and, and so I want us to just have it in mind. But uh, just how uh, rebuilds work, and and what rebuilds have worked and have not worked for other teams. Ooh. That we're, we're sort of that is a good series of articles, actually, because I feel yes. like that's something we should really dive into. Um, yes, because we're we're really in the early stages here, obviously, of what uh, of what probably is going to be a pretty sizable rebuild mm-hmm. here, and instead, uh, you know, it it, it it doesn't always work, obviously. It but it it is a. I mean, this is sort of how it all starts typically as teams get rid of the best players they have and get players who are further away from the play. And, you know, if essentially if you trade one good player who is for sure a good major leaguer, you should get a couple players who are maybe good major leaguers but are further away. And so uh, that's, I mean, that is what you're seeing now. You know, you're seeing... Mm -hmm. Players like Edwin and players like Colome and players like Paxton, who were confident are good players, dealt away for a number of guys who maybe will be something. Right. So, yeah. Um, but we're going to go to our next question. Uh, let's see. Let's go with Tim Ainley at Bravo Tim on Twitter. Uh, they traded Edwin Diaz, even though they said that'd be a long <laughs> shot. Specifically, yes. they said they'd have to be yes. blown away. Yes. Uh, the Jerry DePoto fine print. They, <laughs> indeed. Do we think that they would be uh, looking to trade Mitch Hanniger now, too? 100%. Yeah. Uh, Hanniger's gone. 
Sorry. Sorry. You think Hanniger's gone? I think Hanniger's gone. Wow. Oh, I think Hanniger is gone. I I mean, because I was I roughed out like what 2021, 2022 might look like. Uh-huh. And Hanniger in 2022, let's say, is what? Arb 2? Arb 3? Uh, 2022, I think he's Arb 2. Arb so 2. I, I, oh, no, 2022, I think, is his final year. Because I think he's a free agent. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> and again, like, it's not so much that, but it is also the fact that he was older when he started and kind of broke out. So you're looking at, mm-hmm. is Hanniger going to be able to increase his production or maintain his production, especially as his defense maybe starts to slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. loses some speed yeah. in that outfield that makes him so valuable. Um, and it's just on a team. And the other thing is the team that I have kind of roughed out is just loaded with off outfield prospects. <clears throat> yeah. So we've got, and this is just off the top point. of my head. Uh, we have Julio. Who I think is probably a left fielder. Um, yeah. We have Kyle Lewis. Yeah, he could be a maybe. right fielder. He could, could be a right fielder. Uh, Kalanick, I don't know. Kalanick he's a is corner, be, I think. He's he probably ends up as a corner. Yeah. He's he's got like okay outfield stuff, uh, center field stuff right now, and I think he plays. He think he mixes in in center field in the minors, but I, I yeah. think he. I think he's a major league corner outfielder, like yeah. kind of along the same lines as Mitch, actually, where he could. Mm-hmm. He has the defensive, and Kalanick has a cannon for an arm. At the yeah. perfect game, he was clocked yes. at ninety six, throwing yes. out of the outfield. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that gets better as he gets older too. Mm. So. But to me, that's the plus arm, but the slower speed. He's a corner outfielder. You could play him in center if you needed to, but you don't need to because you have Josh Stores. You have maybe Kyle Lewis. You have Keegan McGovern. You have Jake Fraley. You have Dom Thompson Williams. You have Braden Bishop. Like, they're lousy with outfield prospects, um, which is great because, you know, obviously not all of those guys are going to hit. Not all of them are going to be able to play center field, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm highest on the corners, really, in that with J Rod and right. Kalinick, but it's just it, that's a position of some real depth in the farm now, especially yes. if the Kalinick trade goes through. So I just don't see the need for Hanniger. Where we do have a problem is the infield, uh, which has, yeah. by my count, Cal Raleigh. Evan White. Not even. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a catcher. Yeah. See, okay. <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> no, no, Maybe no, no. He's a, he's a catcher. I'm counting him with the infielders. Give me a break. Sure. I don't want to do okay. a separate one ah. for catchers. Um, <laughs> we have Cal Raleigh. We have Evan White. And then I have a bunch of question marks. I have Noel V, question mark. Uh, Noel yep. V. Marte. And who has not yet played a game for the Seattle Mariners organization. Uh, nope, nope. Uh, I have one Caracuto, who is uh, also even more question marky than Noel V, uh, ha- has not developed as far, has a better shortstop prospect, I think, but also is more yeah. error prone. Uh, we have Bobby Honeyman, who kind of tore up the Northwest League, but big questions about whether or not he's a prospect. We have Joe Rizzo, mm-hmm. who uh, 
have a great season at high A this no. year. No. Uh, second base, I just have a big circle with a question mark inside it. Because <laughs> I have yes. I have literally nothing. Chris Mariscal? I mean, he's going to be like 29 by the time this... Mm-hmm. He's already kind of old for that level. I'm hoping Chris Mariscal, like finds his way to Seattle this year and he gets a little bit of major league playing time since we're not trying anyway. Go ahead. Promote the kid. But yeah, it's... uh, So obviously the infield... And then, you know, we have all the pitching and there's a lot of... They're starting to stock up some interesting arms. You have Sam Carlson coming back at some point. Uh, Logan Gilbert, obviously. Justice, Swanson, Dunn, hopefully. Uh, So... uh, the place that's the weakest is the infield. I would like to see them move Hanager and get something resembling an infield. Uh, I'd like mm. to see them move Malix too. I'm so sorry, Malix. I am so sorry, but uh, yeah, I want. I I would like to see Malix moved and just get get me some of them infield prospects. I just why make them stick around? You know why make them stick around? That's Go bottom out in 2019 and 2020 and uh, just start developing for 2021 and 2022 when I think the team is actually going to be pretty good. Yeah, fair it's going to suck. It's going to suck to lose Hattinger. It's going to be rough. <clears throat> it's it's yeah. going to make the team pretty much unwatchable. But for Mitch's own good, I would like to see him go someplace where, you know... I. I don't think it's a bad fit for him to go to the Mets. The Mets don't have a very good outfield. Malik's to the Mets. Actually, I was really hoping that would be part of the deal. <laughs> they don't have a center fielder. Like, they have a hurt Ioannis Cespedes, a formerly hurt Michael Conforto, and uh, Brandon Nimmo. That's their outfield. Like, maybe there are some other guys I'm missing in there. But, yeah, Malik's would slot in. And the Mets fans wanted Malik so bad. Uh, so I would have loved to have tried to prize out an extra prospect with that. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I, it, it makes no sense to keep anything on the roster right now. I'd trade Marco if we could, but I don't know. It would be sad. Think, it would be I think sad. There would be some. I th- but you do eventually need someone, <laughs> someone to, to pitch. pitch. Whatever, Wade LeBlanc, 200 innings, let's go. I, I mean, I am, I am totally a fan of, if you're going to tank, tank hard. Get rid of everything. Get as much as you can for it. Yeah. Um, and let those players go play in places that are not, um, how we say, hell holes. <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I know Hanager is your boy, but I also knew you were a rational person. What's your feeling? It'd make me very sad. It'd make me very sad, but I... I... I mean, it, it, it's really more about what, what there is, what what's available, right? I mean, that's that's what it comes right. to. Right. I don't want to trade Hanager just to trade Hanager, by the way, like, just to be clear. Like, it would have to be a prospect haul that, again, would be in the blowing one away. But it's kind of hard. You, you bluff that. You said we would have to be blown away. And then the first domino fell. And so now you're your disguise is shot, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so in a way I kind of feel like that devalues Hanager even because now they Mm -hmm. know that you're going to be trying to move him. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do, I think is try to get two teams that just both want him and make them bid against each other. 
Send them against <clears throat> Exactly. Cage match. And we'll put that uh, on TV, and it'll probably be more entertaining than the 2019 <laughs> Mariners. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, all right. So, let's see. We'll, we'll go just a couple more questions here. Um, we have... Uh, we had a question about dealing Hanniger from Durs, so that's good. We've covered that. Let's go with this question uh, from Moosejaw at Moose underscore Jaw 26. Moose what? Jaw. Is the difference between the Mariners now and the Marlins last year? Mm. Not likely your favorite question. <laughs> no home run sculpture? No home run sculpture, for sure. Um, Beautiful park is... versus enclosed Floridian cesspool? Yeah. Mm. It's, it's a pretty reasonable... Uh, tie together. <laughs> I think the Mariners have better infrastructure historically, which is like for for relatively it is not saying much, but there is a there there's at least a decent infrastructure for development, and I think the Mariners pending what we see. Yeah, from this really <coughs> weird trade. That's coming down the line. Uh, I think we probably are going to be more more excited about the uh, more excited about the return than I think Mar uh, Marlins fans were about the return for uh, Stanton and yeah. certainly for Yelich. Uh, yes, for is, sure. For uh, th I think uh, that that's an absolutely fair comp. Like, yeah, which, <clears> and which is like, and <clears throat> isn't even to say like Yelich probably is comparable to uh, to Hanager in terms of value, but just in terms of what they're getting back, like it's not a. Uh, I mean, obviously we haven't traded Hanager, but like already what we're seeing rumored it. I think I think there's there's more to dream on I guess yeah. than what the Mariners are are seeing so that is that is encouraging. I will so. say and like maybe if Giancarlo Stanton had been packaged with something else mm -hmm. and it wasn't just a sh a pure money dump, yeah, actual prospects would have come into the Marlins and that deal wouldn't have been so widely panned across baseball. So. Mm. Depoto is getting some flack for attaching Edwin Diaz in this deal, but other than that, it just it's the same thing as like, and I mean different, I guess, because Cano isn't perceived to have as much value as as Stanton, right? But the as just in strictly in terms of the contracts, um, I also think that so Victor Victor Mesa, obviously the Victors made a huge splash in free agency signing this year. You know, the Marlins are seemingly getting things on the right track. They're rebranding. They're, they got rid of the home run sculpture, which I th I know hurt a lot of people in baseball, including me. It was so wonderful. Mm. So tacky. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but they are, like, positioning themselves as a different team, right? Mm. Um, I don't think that Julio Rodriguez is, or Noel V. Marte or Juan Caracuto are getting 
the kind of respect put on their name that like the mesas did because for some mm-hmm. reason cuban prospects are always just get talked about more i don't know why um maybe They're because of the maybe because know. of how the dominican operates i i don't i don't know but mm-hmm. i think that those are three guys that just haven't been talked about very much in the mariner system it's a it's mm-hmm. an intriguing and exciting step into international free agency because as John pointed out the other day, the last Mariner signed as a free agent who debuted was Tell. Uh, I mean, it was it was the last at all was Chiago. Right. Vera, okay. Chiago. The last, uh, the last position player, position player yeah. was Cattell Marte. Yeah. Um, who you know netted a nice helped helped us net a, a nice return in the Hanagura deal, but mm. um, yeah, they they don't have a great track record there, so. It'll be exciting to start to see some of that. Anyway, I mean, I think the Marlins are a better organization than they were even a year ago. I think they've pulled themselves out of things somewhat. Um, Maybe they're a little ahead of the Mariners in the rebuilding process, so you could look at the Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff they're doing. There's definitely excitement building around the team. I think the rebrand is fun. I would not be opposed Mm -hmm. to a Mariners rebrand. You know, get some new caps in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, a it's a fair question. Else is being thrown out, so right? Why don't we just start start over? Let Julio design the caps. <laughs> Kids got style. I'm I'm up for that. Well, Kate, do you have anything else you wanna you wanna touch on mm. before we before we head out? No, I just checked the. Uh, I think there's there's a lot that we're gonna there's a lot <laughs> yeah. we will address for sure. Um, so I we appreciate all the questions and. Don't worry, we we are looking at them. We probably will just toss them in for next week. Yeah. Goodness knows, there's plenty to talk. Yeah, about. and some of these and are this deal. Some of these yeah, are these straight deal. up like article ideas. Like our friend James Roberts, <laughs> yeah. Junk Ball Pitchin, says, forgetting the unpredictable nature of Cherry for a moment. If you reset to the beginning of the off season, how would you have conducted a rebuild tear tear down? I think that that's mm. probably going to be the basis of our off season plan this year because. Obviously, we're not recommending mm-hmm. they go out and sign a bunch of free agents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Thank you. How long does Jerry give you until the next reaction pod? Technically, we didn't even talk about the column A trade that we were supposed to talk about Barely. with Suizo. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, we'll we'll table some of these and talk about them next time again. Thank you guys for sending them in. And uh, we're going to try to be podcasting a little more. I know that we we took a long hiatus, but got some extra help on sh- on sending them out. So, uh, you know, during the long and cold and dark days of the off season, it is a little fun to dream on, if not this upcoming season of baseball, uh, what the team might look like a few years down the road. Because it's something we haven't gotten to do, certainly not in my tenure of being at Lookout Landing and getting to follow prospects pretty closely. So I'm excited. Yeah. 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 I, uh, uh. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a chance for us to, to do a lot of new stuff. And I think we're going to, certainly I know I'm going to do my best to try and get to some games, uh, even maybe some West Virginia power. Mm. Games. <gasps> it's going to be cool. So, yeah. There's, it's, it's going to be new and new and a new wild world out there. So, we, we hope you guys will be able to get into it with us. But, all right. Well, thank you for joining us for the podcast. And uh, 
we'll uh, we'll probably talk to you next week when Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz are likely New York Mets. Uh, and the next deal is brewing. Yep. We're on to Gene Segura. Where will Gene Segura <laughs> be? Probably the Phillies. We oh. don't know. All right. <laughs> Have a good night, y'all. Boop, 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 boop,